One of my mentors, an Episcopal priest, he was not Catholic at the time, but he would later become Catholic, described his parish using this picture of these three streams. He said that he envisions a parish, a parish community, a church community, that has the power of what he called the Catholic stream. So by the Catholic stream, he meant this rootedness, this history, this tradition. He also included liturgy in that. This is what he called the Catholic stream. And then he described a second stream. He said the second stream is what he called the Protestant stream. In this Protestant stream, by Protestant stream, he meant this focus on the Scripture, this focus on the Word of God in, in the Bible uh, and evangelization. And that was the, what he called the Protestant stream. And then he described a third stream. He called this the stream of the Spirit. And by the Spirit, he meant the gifts of the Spirit moving and flowing through his church. And he talked about these three streams, this, these powerful streams, coming together into a mighty river that flows out into the world. I've been thinking about this ever since he's mentioned that, those years ago, and what I've come to realize is that what he really was describing, whether he knew it or not, was the blessed Trinity and the functioning of the Trinity in the church. And how a healthy church looks like if the fullness of the blessed Trinity is accepted and given permission to move in that church. Today is Trinity Sunday. So we're celebrating God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, you know, this is part of what we call the octave of Pentecost. So in the Catholic Church, we celebrate Pentecost for eight days. So it started last Sunday, and it continues on up to this Sunday. And last Sunday, I talked about how it's important for us to be open to the Holy Spirit and to the movement of the Holy Spirit. And so because we're still celebrating in many ways the octave of Pentecost, I want to continue teaching on this, this openness. And I want to talk to you today about what it means, what it looks like to be open to the work of the Blessed Trinity of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I could give, you know, one of those classic Trinitarian uh, homilies where, you know, it talks about how God is is one substance, he's a divine substance, or you might call this a being or nature, and yet he is three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's kind of like us a little bit, or we're kind of like him, uh, in that you have a human nature or a human substance, but you're one person, but God is so far above us that he's three persons in one nature. I could talk about that, but I want to talk about, you know, this kind of functioning, how it really, what it really looks like to say yes to God the Father God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. What does that look like in your life? What does it mean to live out those words that we heard in John 3, 16, when our Lord said that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life? What does it mean to believe in him? Because our Lord, he, Lord Jesus, he, he gave us this revelation of the Holy Trinity. He revealed to us God as Father, himself as Son, and that the Father and the Son would send forth this Holy Spirit. So what do I want to talk about today? What does it mean to believe in what our Lord taught? What does it mean to exercise and to live out and to surrender yourself to the Lord from this Trinitarian 
perspective. What does this look like? What does this mean for you, for me? We say in the creed, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. So what does it mean to say yes to God the Father? What do fathers do? What what does God the Father do? You know, what we see him doing in creation is bringing order. This is what a good father does of any family. He brings order. He sets rules. He brings this kind of this authority within the family for the good of the family. We see God the Father doing this in creation, creator of heaven and earth. So he begins separating, right, the, the light from the dark, and he separates the dry ground from, from the water. He separates the water above, you know, the clouds from the water below. He's, he's bringing this order to the universe. This is what a good father does. And so if you're saying yes to God, the father, that means saying yes to order. That means saying yes to like this, you know, authority and structures and different things in the world, in the church. This is what it means to say yes to God the Father. You know, I think about, for, for example, our Holy Father, or what we call our, our pastor, our kind of global pastor, Pope Francis, uh, in, 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 this, in respect to this. You know, so, so he, as the father of the Christian family, the visible father of the Christian family, kind of sets forth the vision for the family. And part of that vision that he set forth is caring for creation, caring for the world. He wrote an encyclical called Laudato Si about caring for our common home. And some people think, oh, well, you know, all that, that you know, environmental stuff, that's all this left-wing, you know, uh, uh, liberalism, global warming, all these things. But no, this for us as Catholics is, is part of, of who we are. It's the vision, it's this structure that has been given to the church. When we think of God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, by caring for creation, we're continuing his work. We're imitating God the Father Almighty by bringing structure and goodness to this earth that then blesses the whole human family. So how can you say yes to that? How can you say yes to God the Father Almighty? This uh, authority, this structure, this care of creation, creator of heaven and earth. We have God the Son. When we think of God the Son, you know, we, we are reminded of his incarnational ministry. So God the Son came to this earth and he took on human flesh. And using that flesh, he sacrificed himself for you and me. So this is what we celebrate here at the Mass. Every time we come and celebrate Mass, as Catholics, we believe that Christ becomes present among us supernaturally under the symbols of bread and wine, that it's transformed into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. And he becomes present among us in the liturgy. He becomes present among us through the priest. So the priest is serving in the person of Christ, that our Lord Jesus uh, serves us and is here present amongst us through the priest and through the scriptures, you know, through this liturgy. So Christ is continuing this incarnational ministry among us. He didn't just do it 2,000 years ago when he came down to this earth. No, he continues to do this, continues to come among us, continues to be present among us. This means that this liturgy that we celebrate here, that it's alive because Christ is here present. 
You know, sometimes this happens with Catholics, they can kind of uh, get a little bit stuck, you know? So because the, the liturgy is alive, that means that it's changing and it's growing and it's developing. And sometimes folks don't like that when there's changes and the like in the liturgy, but the liturgy is alive. You know, we see this, these changes, you know, could go back anywhere, but we go back a few hundred years and we see these, these movements, this development as Christ is leading his church. For example, in 1605, Pope Clement VIII, he adjusted the translation, the Latin translation of the Mass, so that it would better serve the church. This happened again 29 years later under Pope Urban VIII. Uh, again, a few hundred years later, in 1884, uh, Pope uh, Leo XIII made this major calendar overhaul, different festivals and saints and things that the church is celebrating. So we're seeing the liturgy moving and changing as our Lord Jesus is, is leading his church you know, through the pastors of the church. In the early 1900s, Pope Pius X begins these discussions of moving the Mass into the vernacular and, and making different updates and changes. In the 1920s, Pope Benedict XV began to implement these things and, and put them into place. Uh, in the 1950s, you know, Pope Pius XII began uh, introducing the language of the people into the Mass. We see this in different feasts. We see this in some of the hymns. The readings begin to be done in the vernacular, in the language of the people. Uh, so these, these changes that are taking place as our Lord is leading his people. And then, of course, we have the Second Vatican Council, which caused some big changes, some difficult changes for some people. Uh, but it's from that gift of the church. So we have this liturgy here, the ordinariate form of the Mass, now in the church. This is Christ, incarnationally present in the church so the liturgy is alive. It's moving and changing and growing because Christ is alive. He, he still serves us, still is present here. So think about this when you come to Mass. Think about this when you go home. To even go beyond just simply uh, memorize prayers, wrote prayers, those are good, good place to start. But allow the Lord to come alive, you know, in the scriptures. To allow him to feed you. Take these things from the Mass and take them home. Live them out. This is what it means to say yes to God the Son, alive here with us, incarnationally present. We believe in God the Son. And then God the Holy Spirit. So we think of the Holy Spirit as that which comes and moves in powers with gifts, emboldens the people of God for the work of the ministry with various charisms and the like. And some folks are a little bit uh, hesitant about this. You know, different movements and changes and things taking place within the church. But the Holy Spirit's at work. He's bringing about new works, new movements. I think about, uh, there was a German Cardinal Gerhard Mueller. He talked about what he called these unplanned pregnancies taking place in the church. And by that, he was talking about these movements of the Holy Spirit that were, you know, bringing his people alive and, and moving for evangelization. Uh, especially those which have grown and thrived since the Second Vatican Council, causing lots of growth and good things, gifts and charisms to take place in the church. And I think of things like the charismatic, uh, the Catholic charismatic renewal, this, these gifts of the Holy Spirit alive in the people. I think of Opus Dei, means the work of God, helping people to grow in holiness through ordinary, everyday living. Or Crisio. Some of you have been to Crisio, gone to these Weekend retreats that help to uh, wake up your faith. Uh, or Layarche. We have Layarche here in Jacksonville. 
It's a movement that, global movement that helps people with mental disabilities or home of the mother. This religious order of priests and nuns, which are birthed out of a youth group, birthed to care for the young people uh, uh, and, and other purposes. Padre Pio, this man who miraculously exhibited what we call the stigmata, the wounds of Christ, and many miracles came from his life. And now there's all these Padre Pio prayer groups all over the world that meet. Uh, Teams of Our Lady started back in the 1940s and now helps married couples all over the world. Or the Ordinariate, this new diocese-like structure that St. James is part of, along with many other communities, you know, all around the world. These are movements of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is at work bringing life and newness and boldness to his church. You know, some folks are like, well, you know, I don't like all this new stuff. I just want to, you know, stick to this, these, these, these structures and that's where they're comfortable. Maybe this is a person who's more comfortable with God the Father, not so much with the Holy Spirit. But to say yes to the Holy Spirit means to be open to these movements of the Holy Spirit, alive and moving in the church. So today, as we're celebrating and remembering this great doctrine of the Blessed Trinity, are you fully saying yes to the Lord? Are you saying yes to God the Father? This, this notion of structure and order, rootedness that God the Father uh, brings? Or are you saying yes to the Son? Uh, to God the Son, who is alive in a liturgy, present among us, leading us. And God the Holy Spirit, who's bringing about these movements, stirring and emboldening the people of God. Are you fully saying yes to all of the persons of the Blessed Trinity? God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One God in three persons. As St. Paul said, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. May the fullness of the blessed Trinity be with you, fill you, mold you. May you say yes to him. Lord, whatever you want me to do, I will do it. That you may be, be honored and adored. One God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.